listening to the official podcast of Oasis Community Church, where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything's possible. If you'd like to learn more about Oasis, request prayer, or get in touch with a pastor, visit our website at oasischurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. A reading from Mark chapter 1. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Good morning, good morning. Um, Our Epiphany series, as you know, is titled The Gospel Truth. And here in our gospel passage for today, we hear that Jesus came proclaiming, he came preaching the gospel. And that gospel was that the kingdom of God had come near. And he wanted us to repent, to turn from our ways and follow this way. That is, believe that the kingdom of God was near. Now, what is the gospel? Today I'm going to use an illustration that has been referred to as the gospel in chairs. It's not something that I came up with. I believe it originated with a man named Andrew Carbo, a pastor from Colorado, It got picked up by another guy in his podcast, Stephen Robinson. I heard it from Brian Zahn. At some point, um, Brad Jerzak in Canada used it. I don't know if he originally got it from Andrew or from somewhere else. But it actually presents two presentations of the gospel. One of them is a kind of a modern, very forensic, very legal understanding of the gospel as an economy of exchange and focuses a lot on judgment. The other is a bit more ancient. It kind of comes from the early church. A lot of the Eastern churches uh, still adhere to it. It focuses on God as creator and God as love. And we might describe it more as a gospel of restoration than a gospel of retribution. So the first one the one I think you're probably more familiar with. In the beginning, God created. And God created humanity. God created humanity in his own image to reflect his glory and to be in relationship with him. But humanity sinned. They disobeyed. They turned away from God. And not only did they sin... But this view understands that they became sinful. And that God, because God is holy and God is righteous, God turned away. Because God refuses to look at sin. But God still loves his creation. He still loves humanity. And so, God became a human. In the person of Jesus. And Jesus lived the full and 
uh, obedient and righteous life. Jesus is the representation of, of God. But at the end of his life, God kind of does this unthinkable thing. He takes all the sin of the world and he places it on Jesus. And so that Jesus becomes sin so that God turns his back on Jesus. And Jesus dies a death on the cross. Now, that's not the end of the story, of course, because God would resurrect Jesus. And now, if we believe in Jesus, we can uh, kind of be in a relationship with God, not because of who we are, but because of who Jesus is. Martin Luther describes us as snow-covered dung. That's, that's not the most pleasant uh, thought I've ever had of myself or someone else. A snow-covered dung. Another uh, a preacher um, described us, or described Jesus as uh, our asbestos suit that protects us from the, the white heat judgment of God. So, if we are in Christ, then we are protected from this wrath of God, a wrath that was poured out onto Jesus. But if we don't, if we turn away from God, if we don't accept Jesus, then we are all, God is always turned away from us. And we're in eternal judgment. There's another depiction of the gospel. That's the, that's the more forensic one, the more understanding of justice as uh, retributive. But this one starts much the same way. It says, in the beginning, God. God created humanity. He created humanity in his image to reflect his glory and to be in relationship with him. But humans sinned. And in doing so, disobeying God, they brought damage into the world. They were subject to futility and to death. And the last thing that God wanted is for his creation, his, the, the human race, to be subject to futility, to, to face death. And so this telling of the gospel sees God's actions now not so much as a response to some kind of legal uh, objection, some kind of legal rule or law that's been broken, but more so that God's commitment to his creation and to his love is to overcome that futility in death. And so God comes comes in the person of Jesus and is the fulfillment of God, full of grace and truth. And though um, we've done our worst, God is consistently coming after us. There's a story in Scripture of a woman who had been married five times and was living with a man who was not her husband. 
ostracized by her community. Living, living a life where she's, for whatever reason, whatever she suffered through, has not found what she needed. But then God came and said, I am the living water. Those who drink from me shall never thirst again. There's another man, he was a tax collector. He had conspired with the occupying government. He didn't have many friends. He had made a lot of money, but he had made it at the expense of his fellow uh, country people. But Jesus saw him and said, Zacchaeus, get down out of that tree because I'm coming to you to be with you, to share a meal with you. There's a woman. She was caught in adultery. And the law said that she should be executed. And so she was about to be killed. She's about to be executed, to be stoned to death. When Jesus walked up and said, wait a minute. Which one of you has not sinned? Let that person cast the first stone. And when they had all left, he said to the woman, where are those who condemn you? He said, I do not condemn you. Go and sin no more. There's another man. He was oppressed unbelievably, spiritually and psychologically and emotionally and physically. His life had completely fallen apart. He was living in a cemetery, hurting himself. People were afraid of him. They, they, they said he had, that he had lost his mind, that he was possessed by a demon. He was an utter outcast. And God comes again. Jesus comes and says, you are set free. You are delivered. And he cast out the demons. There's another, there's another man. For no fault of his own, just part of the futility of life, he found himself paralyzed. He couldn't, he couldn't move. But then Jesus comes and he tells the man, look, your sins are forgiven. Take up your mat and walk. And then, of course, we come to the end of Jesus' life and, and we do the worst possible thing. The one who has pursued us with love and grace. The one who's constantly coming after us. Right. We take Christ and we crucify him. Now let's be clear about this. God did not kill Jesus. God did not crucify Jesus, and God didn't need Jesus to die. Peter will say in his uh, keynote address on the day of Pentecost, he'll say, you have crucified the Messiah, but God raised him from the dead. So humanity is responsible for the crucifixion of Jesus. And God's response to the crucifixion and death of Jesus 
is the resurrection of Jesus. Paul will say later in 2 Corinthians, had they known, had the rulers of this world known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But what happened when they were crucifying Jesus? We see the same story again. God says, forgive them. Forgive them. At the very time when we're doing the worst possible thing, God is saying, forgive them. That's who our Father is, a forgiver. Now, eventually, of course, people will go to death. We all in there. It's appointed to every person to die. But God responds to that death the same way he responds to the death of Jesus. You see, even though you make your bed and shield in hell, God says, I am there. We confess in the creed that he was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. Friends, it doesn't matter how far you fall. You can never fall so low that you do not fall into the loving arms of Jesus. There is no thing, no one, no event that can separate you from the love of God. God went there so that God would be everywhere. And of course, that's not the story because Jesus, into the story that is, because Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. And that those who believe in me shall have life everlasting. So Paul will say, in Adam, all have died, but in Christ, all shall be made alive. And this is the gospel. That God has always been pursuing us. God is pursuing us now, and God always will pursue us. And when we stop turning away from God, we'll experience the love of God as a restorative and, and a, a, um, power and growth and energy in our lives. Theologians sometimes describe the love of God as a, as a burning river of fire. That burning of river of fire that's constantly coming at us, when we love God in return, will be experienced as light and warmth. But if we, if we turn away from God, we might experience that as, as wrath. The Apostle Paul will say it like this. He says, if your enemy is hungry, feed them. If your enemy is thirsty, give them something to drink. Because this will, this will be like burning coals placed upon them. When you're being loved by someone that you hate, you can experience that as judgment. So you'll constantly try to turn away. But again, God is always after us. So we can keep trying to turn away, but God's keep coming after us. 
And it's not so much that even we have to turn towards God. It's just that we have to stop turning away from God. Another part of Scripture says, If Christ be lifted up, he will draw all people to him. Salvation is mine, says the Lord. Salvation is the work of God. Paul tells Timothy in one of his letters that God wills that all will be saved. And he says elsewhere that in the end, God will be all in all. So what I like about this telling of the gospel, there's a couple of key things that I think this gets right that the other version of the gospel gets dangerously wrong. God was never against Jesus, ever. Jesus is the truest and fullest representation of who God is. God has always been like Jesus. We might not have always known that, but God has always been like Jesus. That's the story that gets revealed in the Gospels. The Gospel truth is that God is love and God redeems. That's the Gospel truth. And the second thing is that God never turns away from us. We turn away from God. But God keeps coming after us. When we turn away from God, God never turns away from us. That is not the gospel. Now, some of you might say, hey, Robbie, I read once in Habakkuk. Habakkuk will say, he's a prophet, Hebrew prophet. Habakkuk will say, God cannot look on sin. And sometimes that passage of scripture gets, gets brought up when it says that it turned dark at Jesus' crucifixion. And they say that when it turned dark at Jesus' crucifixion, God was turning away from Jesus. That God was turning away so he couldn't look at this sinful son of his. You know, Christ became sin for us on the cross, Paul will say. And so therefore God had to look away. As it says in Habakkuk, Habakkuk says about God that God cannot look at sin. That particular passage, once again, this is the prophet talking about God not God talking about God's self to the prophet. And the prophet is saying there that God doesn't just wink at sin, that God doesn't just disregard evil. In that larger context, he's saying that God is going to deal with evil, not by looking away, but by judging it. But remember, God's judgment is not just retributive. God's judgment is restorative. That God comes and through God's love, he recreates. So that God is always after us. Now, again, we can turn, but God comes after us. We can say no, but God says, well, what about a yes? We can, we can participate in the very crucifixion of Jesus. And God will say, I tell you what, I forgive you. I believe that's the gospel. That's the gospel truth. That the creator of the universe 
loves us. He is not just all-knowing and all-powerful and all-present, pre- present everywhere. He is all-good. He is all-loving. And this is what the church has believed for centuries. And just sometimes we have gotten caught up in other stories about the way the world would judge. And we forget who the judge is that we're talking about. And so if we ever want to know what God is like, we just look at Jesus. And we see that Jesus was never turning away a sinner. He was always pursuing them. And so he too pursues us. And for that, we are eternally grateful. So my invitation for you today is if you find yourself having turned away from God and turned away from God and turned away from God, know that each time you turn, God's on the move. Because God's coming to face you. Aristotle once described, not the Hebrew and Christian God the way we would talk about, but when Aristotle was talking about the ultimate cause of events, right? He referred to this entity as the unmoved mover, right? The first cause. But Christian theologians don't think that God is this unmoved mover. When we say that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, we don't mean that God doesn't change like God's static. Christian, one Christian theologian in particular said God is the most moved mover. It means that God is consistent, that God is always God. Yesterday, today, and forever, God will be God, and God doesn't change in that way, which means that God will always find us. God will always love us. God will always forgive us. That, my friends, is the gospel truth. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to support us, you can do so by subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can leave us a review on iTunes, and if you want to contribute to Oasis financially, you can go to oasischurch.org. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And may God's face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen.